I've been looking forward to this, um, this uh, message because uh, what are my choices? Did you know, how many choices did you make already today? You know, you've made a number of choices. Not, and for me, or for you, the most important choice is to be here. Because if we don't put God in our lives, you know, uh, I heard a, an individual was talking about, um, you know, bringing your children to church, you know. I remember the one guy said, uh, when I was growing up, I had a drug problem. He said, yeah, I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, drugged to church on Sunday night, <laughs> drugged to church on Wednesday night, you know. So with being drugged to church. Well, the idea is if we don't put God into our family, when the, when the trouble comes, where are we going to turn? Because if we don't understand about our faith and understand about our relationship with God, where are we going to go when the, when the difficulties come? And everyone has difficulties. Everyone passes in through those times in which things just don't go right. And when people or things or events uh, seemingly come against us and we're left with making a decision about a choice, whether it's going to be good or bad, whether it's uh, good or evil, blessings or cursing. So how do we choose these things? And how do we choose what is right? How do we know what is right? Um, this one individual, another, I listen to a lot of different speakers, so try to pick up ideas and things. Uh, but the one guy talked about how that whenever he was raised, he was raised in a family in which his father was basically absent and he was abusive and, you know, the whole, and had a whole list of things that his father was, and, and now this guy is a, a minister, and how that his life has turned around, and how that he forgave his father. And he said he had to put within his mind that his father came to life and to being a parent with an empty suitcase. He had nothing in his suitcase to draw upon to raise his child. So this, this now, this man who is a father himself, has had to fill his own suitcase about being a parent and being a father and being a husband. And his father didn't have anything in his suitcase when he became a parent. And so, you see, when we have this suitcase, we, what we're doing is we're putting things in our life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. God, has put, God is putting things in our, cell, in our lives to help us deal with life. And sometimes, and life will be unfair, unfair things will happen, things will come against us, and it's not like we're, we've got one foot in the grave and the other on a, a banana peel. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, the people who wake up every morning and say, good God, it's morning, and other people who wake up and say, oh God, it's morning, you know? So, you know, some people are just like that. Your attitude is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. We can choose to be miserable. We can choose to be happy. We can choose to think of things in a good way. We can, think of things, we can choose to think of things in a bad way. And almost always, the way we think about it is the way the outcome is predicted. You can tell an outcome by what a person thinks about it, by what their problems are and how they approach it. I know that this isn't going to work out. Guess what? It's not going to work out. <laughs> you know, I know this is going to be good. Well, I don't know how it's going to be good, but I know it's going to be good. So, 
So do you ever stop and think then how many choices we make in a day, how many choices we make in a week, how many choices we make in a lifetime? And how many of those choices are the strategic, life-changing ones that will determine the rest of our lives? You see, sometimes we make a choice that will guide us in a direction for the rest of our lives. And how do we be prepare ourselves for that place and time? So, today's message is good versus evil. <laughs> Blessing versus cursing. <laughs> but you see, it's not always black and white, and it's not always an easy. How many choose to be blessed? How many choose to be cursed? Didn't see any hands. <laughs> All right, so you see, I'm choosing to be blessed, okay? Now, why is it that everything doesn't bless us? Well, it's because everything wasn't meant to be blessed, you know? Well, sometimes, um, again, this is not one of those, um, you know, if you, everything in your life will be this wonderful gift and it'll all be sunny even in the, even in the rainstorm. You know, uh, we have to see our life in a, in a, as a gift, and we have to see our life as choices. Um, for Israel, as you look over their history throughout the Old Testament, God almost always gave them difficulties that were bigger than themselves. God always gave them obstacles that were, were too difficult for them to handle on their own. Because God wanted them to know that he was there to help them through the difficulty. And if they neglected their service to God, if they neglected God, they were left on their own. And left on their own, they failed. You know, they were defeated by their enemies and they were, you know, they went into captivity. You know, they had all this, you know, things go on through their history. And then when they repented and then whenever they came back to their senses and came to their understanding of God, they were rescued and God was there to help them bring them back to their homeland and build the temple and everything else. So whenever they depended on God, things went good. Whenever they left God out and served others, well, it just kind of fell apart. You know, when you want to leave, you have a, a nation of two million people or more, and you want to leave that country, how are you going to get out of there? <laughs> well, it's going to take God and the plagues against, against the Pharaoh. When you want to cross the Red Sea, you know, what are you going to do? Build a lot of boats. Well, you don't have time to build boats, so God parts the sea. When you're in the desert and you need water, and God brings water from a rock. You see... Do you ever wonder what's coming next in our life? Now, I don't mean this in a negative way. Oh, my, you know, something bad is going to happen. No. If there is an obstacle, it is only there for something better to come. If our life is facing something that is uh, seemingly um, broken apart, then it's always going to fail. Well, it's not the end. You see, God never ends with a defeat, we're never defeated. We just, we just have to regroup and come back at it. <laughs> you know, death is not an end. It's only the beginning. You know, our difficulties are, are, are there to help us to figure out or for us to understand where we're looking and what we're believing in. God already knows how much faith I have. I need to know how much faith I have. You know, I need to know that I can do these things. All things are possible to he who believes. So you see, all these things are going on in our life, and God is building up our faith. 
mentioned it this in Sunday school, and it's somewhere in my notes here, that the strength of God, uh, what did I do? Did you write that down, dear? <laughs> um, the, the, Jesus Christ, the, the strength of Christ is enough to save the weakest of faith. The strength of Christ is strong enough to save the weakest of faith. We're the ones who put quantitative measures on faith. Do I have enough faith? If you have enough faith to ask, you have enough faith. And when you confess your sin, no matter where it is at, and this is, you know, again, I deal with, you know, people who are going from this life to the next life. And I, I deal with people sometimes, you know, I, I think of just a few weeks ago, and, and there was a man, a person, I put my hand on his chest and I said, we need to ask Christ to forgive us. <laughs> and he said, okay. And that was the weak, as it were, the weakest of his of moments before he passed into eternity. And he had a faith, but had left it somewhere in his past. And I, at that moment, brought him, as it were, back to it. And Christ was there in that moment, brought him back to it. You know, and I have no doubt that he was, he was, he was uh, received into heaven. You know, I, I've never, well, I, I, this is not in my notes. I was thinking about, um, when, I was in, when I was in school, Bible school, there was a time I was seated or kneeling at the altar, and I don't know what a vision is. I don't know if I've had one or whatever, but I had this impression of standing, as it were, standing, as it were, uh, over um, hell. And the, the lion is there. To me, that's God, Jesus. And here we are, as it were, standing at the precipice where people are going into eternal life and keeping them from going down, but going up. And it isn't until, you know, that was when I was, what is I, 18, 20 years old? And I hadn't really thought about it until recently. And how that the number of people that you touch in your life at a, at a moment in time which a decision has to be made for life or death and eternity. Well, that's not where we're at. Where we're at here is we are choosing to be blessed by God. Now, God has promised us in, in, in this... Um, chapter that we have in Deuteronomy, there is a whole section in the last part of it that talks about all the curses, you know? It talks about uh, cursed in the country and the baskets, you know, your bread bowls, your crops, your livestock, your herds, your flocks, your coming in and going out, they all are cursed because they, they would not obey, they would not listen to the voice of God. Now, the, the challenge, and you know, I don't like to go to the cursings. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's the message of God for us. I think the message of God for us is that we are blessed and that we are drawn to God because we love him and that we understand his love for us and so we don't have to be in fear of being cursed. We have to be in a place where we are willing to receive. Another thing I heard that really made an impression for me was 
This chair is squeaky. Can you hear it squeak? I, it bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me. Jose, get the WD-40. So anyhow, either that or get a better chair, don't squeak. But anyhow, now I was somewhere and I forgot where I was at. I'm right here. Um, receiving his blessings. Do you know when we receive, whenever we refuse to receive God's blessings in our life, now, if I brought you up here today and, you know, I said, okay, I got uh, $1,000 God, God told me to give to you. You know, I know that there are some of us, <laughs> I would be very reluctant to do that, to receive it, because, well, you know, whatever, was there strings attached? But no strings attached, give you 1000 bucks. all right? Now, would you receive it? Don't have to answer that. Okay, you just, this is just, you know, the, whatever, it's a question. Uh, would you, re, would you be, have an open heart to receive it? A gift right into your life for no reason, no strings attached. It's just God said to give this to you, all right? Now, do you know that there are people waiting in line for God to work through you to touch their life? The gift that God puts in your hands is not about you. It's about how that you will receive that gift and how that that gift not only will bless your life, but how that it will be used to bless others. For you see, if there was $1,000 placed in your life, 100 of that would belong to God. So you would bless the church by giving your tithe to them. And then you would bless other people who are in need and you would touch their life because there are people who are in need who are waiting for you to touch their life and they're waiting for God to touch their life through you. But we can't give it because you can't give what you don't have. So when God talks about blessings, when God talks about pouring open the windows of heaven and pouring out blessings upon us that, that are so much we can't contain them, it isn't so that we can get bigger barns. <laughs> it isn't so that we can buy bigger things. It's so that we can take a portion. God always deals in percentages. Okay? Now, give $1,000. I, I can't touch that. God, my goodness, if I let that go in my pocket, you know how greedy I would be? <laughs> That's not, that's not how God wants you to view it. God's blessings are to be received. They are to be part of who we are, but they're also to be part that our eyes are open to the needs of the people around us. Hmm. So being blessed isn't, isn't to the point that we're going to make bigger barns. Being blessed is understanding that we are to be recipients of the blessing of God in our life so that we can be the blessing of God to someone else's life. You see, even our knowledge, our knowledge about the scriptures, our knowledge about being with people, we don't have to be a theologian. We don't have to be a theologian. What, we, what we're trying to be is a person who is sharing what God has done in our life. He's changed me. He's changed my heart. He's changed my perspective. And when God changes my perspective, then I have a different approach to my work. I have a different approach to my life. I have a different approach to my friends and my family. I have a different perspective. And when that perspective is changed, I'm asking God for help to take the tests in school, take the test, the, the, the test that we have to find at work with people, 
you know, the irritants, <laughs> the people who are trying to put us down. You see, in, in, the, in, in Deuteronomy 28, the first verse says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So God is saying to us, and he was saying to the nation of Israel, but which is also applicable to us, that God wants to bless us. Now, again, this isn't about God bless me so I can be better blessed than somebody else. Years ago, there was a, uh, a movement, you know, back whenever the uh, stock market was going really good, you know, and everybody was making money, there were churches and belief systems that came around at that time that said if you weren't making money and you weren't being financially gaining you were not serving God correctly <laughs> you know and then you know was lots of people bought into that because they were making money and you know stock market was going good and then it went south and God stopped blessing and people became poor again and it was God's fault <laughs> that's not true um, but you see God blesses us so that but what we receive is part of what he wants to do. So if you carefully keep all his commands, do you know what the greatest commandment is? Jesus told us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. If you keep these commandments, you see, if you love God, you will see his hand blessing your life. And you will see him directing your life. In, in, the, in the Sunday school lesson, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how that the, he's the third person of the Trinity and how that the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of life. We have all the different names of the Holy Spirit. And, it's, and, and what they do is they give to us, as it were, a, character, a characteristic of, of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, I'm David. <laughs> I am a son. I am a father. I'm a husband, I'm a pastor, I'm a chaplain, I'm a counselor, uh, I'm a driver of a car. You see, these are all things that are, talk about me, but there are different aspects of who I am. So when we say the Holy Spirit, and we talk about him as the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of life, you know, the breath of God, see, it's the same person. And so when the Holy Spirit is working in our life, the spirit of truth, that he helps us to understand how much we are loved. Forgive as you have been forgiven. That's the Holy Spirit helps us to remember how much we've been forgiven and then helps us to forgive those who have hurt us. Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So you see, the, the work of God is not just about, you know, Let's rake it in here. Let's, let's pull all the stuff in here and build bigger barns. No, it's about being blessed. And, and if you can't, and you see that the blessing is part of the giving. You can't give what you don't have. So if God has bestowed blessing upon us, which we believe he is doing, then we recognize that it is our responsibility to share that with others, to share it with God, to help the missionaries, <laughs> to help people that are serving God in other places of the world, that we have a responsibility, and how can we meet our responsibility if we haven't been receptive to what God wants to give us? So, um, 
God is, now the characteristic of God, God is slow to anger. <laughs> God is rich in mercy. Now, you see, the threatenings are designed to bring and hold us to our duty. But it is better that we be lured to that which is good than to, and, and that is available through faith than to, than to allow fear to be the dictator of our life that God is going to somehow punish us. So the, the people of this time period were <laughs> individuals who kind of got, uh, were in, you know, God was using both the fear and the, <laughs> and the um, uh, blessing to be part of their life. Now, so, if you will fully obey the Lord your God, keep his commands, love God, love others, you will set, he, you will set up high above the, the uh, nations. You will, be, you will experience all of these blessings, okay? Now, what are the blessings? Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Now, if you think about this, if you're living in an agricultural society, it is important that everybody's field be abundant. And he says that you will be blessed is that there will be enough for your town. So we are called to an area. We are called to a region so that your, your town will be blessed because you're in it. The, our community is blessed because this church is in the community. The church is blessed because you're here. You're here receiving of what God is giving to you. You will go out from here and then you will go to your communities, your school, your, your jobs, your, whatever you provide, and you will bless other people. So you see, when it talks about um, that your towns and your fields will be blessed, it's, we're here not for ourselves, but we're here for the whole community, for our, for our country. <laughs> All right. Then what happens? Verse 4, your children. <laughs> your children. Your children will be blessed because of you. <laughs> you know, pray for your children. Every day we pray for them. God would bless them, his favor and protection and, and God's, the Holy Spirit would cover them and comfort them and give them strength and the grandkids and, and you know, all that will come together that we're praying for them. And you see, this is part of the blessing. If I can't, I've, I can't give to my kids what I don't have. So we have something that is great. The greater gift, the greatest gift of all is the gift of love. And if we love, love gives us the ability to conquer. Being able to deal with the obstacles that come to us in life, not only as a child, but as an adult, child, as an adult children. <laughs> you know, we pray for your kids. And your crops will be blessed. It doesn't seem to go together. God's going to bless your kids and your crops. If you have enough food, you'll be able to feed your children and they won't starve see these pictures in other countries where the children are starving because there's no food. But you see, pray for your children. The blessing will be for your children and for the crops, and the crops will bless your children because they have food enough to eat. 
The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. So your, your calves, if you're, again, an agricultural society, the, your, um, your cattle have to have grain. And if they have enough grain, they'll have an, they will be able to produce calves. And the calves will be able to produce calves. And whenever there's an abundance of food and so on, you can have twins. <laughs> you can have cows that have twins and dogs that have litters and cats that have... You know, well, no more cats. But anyhow, dogs. <laughs> to you cat people, I'm sorry. You know, it's just one of those things. But anyhow, your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. You see, there's an abundance of food. Notice how that the blessing of God is connected with eating. <laughs> you know? Because there were no grocery stores. There were no places to go, you know, there were no sheets <laughs> and 7-Elevens and, 7-11s and whatever. They, whatever you had, you went out and collected. Your fruit baskets and breadboards. Whatever, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The other parts of the scripture, wherever your foot has trod, that will belong to you. That's what God told Abraham. So you see that there's more to what's going on in our life than just getting up and walking, you know, to the car and getting to work and coming back and, you know, collecting a paycheck and going to school, learning a grade and whatever. There's more to life than just the routine. It is a routine, but in that routine, I am with God and God is with me and nothing can separate us. We are together in this. Psalm 91 says, There shall be no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. That's the blessing of God. The Lord will, con- will conquer your enemies. <laughs> Are there people who don't like you? <laughs> Are there people who misunderstand you? You see, don't worry about it. Do the right thing before God and God will take care of it because when they attack you, they will, they will attack you from one direction, but they will be scattered from seven. You ever know, over the years, <laughs> well, there's been people that haven't liked me very much. I can't, I can't figure out why, you know. <laughs> can't imagine that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, that's all right. Uh, Jesus was misunderstood, but I am in no way Jesus, okay? <laughs> so, but anyhow, but the idea is that God will be the vindicator. Either God will help you to see the right thing and, and correct your actions, or God will take care of them Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay, let it go. Forgive him and let it go. Because it's not within your hands to make it right. Only God can make it right. Let's go on. The Lord, verse, the Lord, verse 8. The Lord, the Lord will guarantee. What is God guaranteeing? Is it up there? The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord God will bless you in the land that he is giving you. You see, it is, a, it is guaranteed. It not only has a two-year guarantee, it has a lifetime guarantee that God is going to bless you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, verse 9, the Lord will establish you There's a guarantee to be blessed. There's a guarantee to be established. And then in verse 11, the Lord will will give you 
prosperity. <laughs> the Lord will give you prosperity? Now again, the prosperity isn't to build bigger barns. The prosperity is to be used in a way not only to bless our life, but to bless the lives of others. It, the blessing of God has a purpose. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, forbearance, they are for a purpose. They are for, they are for the church. They are for other people. And, and the Spirit of God in you is to not only give you spiritual gifts, but to give those gifts to you in a way that you can have an effect upon other people's lives. It's good to have the feelings and it's good to have the, the, the shouts and the, everything like that, but how straight do we walk when we get out? Wherever we go among our people, how, how, are, how do they feel or sense the Spirit of God when you're walking with them? Do they sense God when you, when you touch their lives? The one person this morning at, at breakfast, they, they, you know, they were having... They have very great physical problems. When I put my arm around them and I said, God bless you, they almost began to cry. Was it Dave McGee? No. It was God's spirit touching their life at that moment. And that spirit gives them hope. And hope gives us strength. Strength gives us a sense of direction. And I can walk this way because there's a strength in my heart. What God gives you, you give to others. It doesn't mean I put the $1,000 in your hand, you can't touch it. Here, you know, you have to take this. <laughs> I, I take this. No, I can go cash it. I can put it in my account. I can pay some of my bills. But you know what? Percentage of that goes someplace else. And a percentage of that that I give to somebody else goes someplace else. There are people standing in line for you to be blessed. So, the Lord will give you prosperity. Now, please understand, this is not the prosperity thing, you know, we're going to walk out of here, we're all going to own billions of dollars. That would be nice. <laughs> But if we own, get billions of dollars, we are responsible for billions of dollars that we share that with other people and that they are people standing in line to be recipients of that. There are needs of people that are on down the line that we can give to, that we can help. You see, no matter what is in our hands, he who gets a little, little is re re uh, required. To he who is given much, much is required. Because God, you see, as we open our minds and we open our hearts and we open our baskets, our baskets are made from what we've already given. You can't reap a harvest unless you plant seed. So we, we sow love. So we make baskets to receive love. Well, how much love did you give away? Let's make the basket 10 times greater than that. God can reward, God can pour out a hundredfold. You give one, God, I'll make a basket for one. This is what I gave away here. Now, what is the basket I make for receiving? I need to make it a hundred times bigger. 
because God can bless me a hundredfold. Now, when I get that hundredfold, what am I supposed to do with it? I'm going to take a portion of that, which is 10, ten uh, of that, and put it over here, and I got, then how big of a basket? <laughs> it just keeps going on. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. He swore to your answer, blessing you with, now some of you may not like this, many children. <laughs> You're to have lots of kids. <laughs> no, you have lots of children to influence. And numerous livestock and abundant crops, the Lord will send you rain in the proper time. Do you know how important it is for crops to receive water at the exact time? Because if they receive the the water, the rain at the exact time, they're going to really flourish. Um, I know I need to go on. His richest treasury in the heavens will bless all the work you do. In the treasury of God, there is no lack. No matter how much God takes from his treasury, it never diminishes. It's not like ours. You will lend and not borrow. If you listen to these commandments of the Lord your God, what are the two commandments? Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. You're aware of God's love for you and you're aware of your need to love others. I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of these commands. Don't turn away from loving God. Don't turn away from loving others. And as we do that, God has promised that he will bless us with abundance to give, to share, and to bestow upon others. Amen? Let's stand. So I want us to look in every area of our life and just see how much God has already blessed us. You know? God has already blessed us. Amen. God, <laughs> God has already blessed us. He has. And, and you see, and it's, it's a simple process. What God has given to us, we sow. We sow it and we reap a harvest. And part of that we take and we sow and we reap a harvest. And it, it's just an ongoing thing. And, you know, um, well, that's enough. Father, it is, it is with grateful hearts. God, it is with receptive spirits. It is with a, a heart of gratitude. And God, that you love us that much. That you're concerned about our going out and our coming in. You're concerned about the little things that touch our lives and how that they can be turned around to bless the lives of others. God, we trust you. I pray that you will help us to understand these things, that we might grasp them, that we can be your instruments, not only to spread the word, but to feed the hungry, to clothe the poor, that we might be able to touch their lives and they might be able to see God in our gifts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.